Welcome to Musa, a podcast that inspires one to open their door to creativity, wisdom, knowledge, and self-realization. Today we are going to be talking to Janae, whom is a yoga instructor that lives in Summit County, Colorado. She has been a yoga instructor for two years and has experienced the practice for 10. Well, thank you, Paige. Um, My name is Janae, and um, my first experience with yoga uh, I hated it. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> I absolutely hated it. I didn't understand it. I was very confused. I was frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, why would ever, anyone ever do this? And then um, I think I just hadn't taken the right class. Yeah. <laughs> and then finally, when I did take the right class, uh, this was probably like a year, year and a half into it. And I was okay. like, oh. oh, it was moving at a much slower pace. Um and I just felt my body in a different way. Growing mm-hmm. up as a gymnast, I have a lot of, of pain and injury. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was the the first kind of reorientation I had with my body because I after I quit gymnastics, I kind of fell off the wagon. I fell off of myself. I fell away, you know, okay. and uh, just kind of, I think that was maybe, uh, it was a different phase of unconsciousness for me. Okay. Where I was, you know, as a, as a youth, I was involved, you know, and I was competing and, and collaborating with yeah. my teammates. And so it was this sort of well-rounded, we got to travel, we got to um, to do events that would benefit charity. Okay. And so it was a really beautiful time, but I um, ended up seeing one of my friends almost break her neck. And I thought to myself, why am I doing this? <laughs> doing yoga and everything. It, well, it was yeah. gymnastics. And so after, yeah. okay. after I saw that, I quit. And then... Um, I was probably 11 or 12, so I was oh, going through puberty, okay. and I just, I wanted to, like, my boobs, so I don't know if you know this, <laughs> but as, when you're a gymnast, because of the impact and because of that level mm-hmm. of activity, puberty just does not come to you. Yeah, <laughs> and so you're, like, 11 and 12 when that Yeah, I'm like, where's my period? Where are my boobs? Yeah. <laughs> and then having to deal with your friend almost breaking their neck and that. Yeah sport that's creative but it's it was dangerous. in that moment dangerous <laughs> yeah and so that's how you got into yoga right after that or did you get into yoga a few years later yeah years later years, years later? later years nice. later did you know that when you first started doing yoga even though you hated it after the first few sessions you wanted to become an instructor or did that take oh, a couple of years um so let's see I think I probably was practicing yoga for about three years and then I went to Thailand to teach yeah. English and while I was there I got hit by a truck oh damn wait okay so <laughs> you were teaching in Thailand for three years uh was it like an actual teachers instructors program to do um, it so I was teaching in English in Thailand for six months okay but it was like a three-year time span that I had been practicing yoga wow. I was working at you know, a tilted kilt and uh, quit that and ended up working at a health food store Okay. and um, and was kind of just journeying into myself, becoming more aware about health, wellness, what it means yeah. to, to feel good in your body, how much, take into consideration, how much meat am I actually eating? How much oh, sugar sure. am I eating? What does this mean for the rest of my life? Yeah. And so I was moving in through that, that healthy um, sort of phase where it was really such a beginning for me to start yeah. paying attention to those things. And, and then so, you got hit with that experience. Yeah, so I, yeah. I needed to travel and I went yeah. to Thailand to teach English. So I was there for six months um, and I got hit by a truck on my way to school. And so it was about two two weeks of 
using a walker to get around and um, a little bit of research. I wanted to figure out what part of my body was injured. And then um, from there, I just needed permission, you know, that lying on my my stomach or my back waiting Mm -hmm. for it to heal wasn't the right way. And so when I read, you know, laying on your back when you have back injury is worse, like laying down is the worst thing you could possibly do. And so that was all the incentive I needed to get moving. And so through yoga, I was able to, I think it was about a month, a month and about a week after my accident that I was able to go for a run. Okay. Not without pain, but um, but I was running again. And this was amazing to me because I thought I was never going to walk normally again. Okay. So um, as I moved more deeply into my yoga experience, uh, into my own physiological sort of state and what's what's happening, noticing all these changes in my body and my mind, as I'm doing yoga, I realized... I didn't need to be teaching English. I needed to be teaching yoga. Because you actually <laughs> felt your body healing, yeah. not only healing with your physical self, but with your spiritual and mind self as well. Yeah. And the same movement after yeah. that experience. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So there's a lot of transformation taking place. And also, you know, um, yeah, just, just realizing in so many ways that you can't outrun yourself. And mm-hmm. so... I think that really put me, it put me down in a place where it was like, no, you need to sit here, you need to learn how to ask for help, you need to be dependent on other people, uh, in the sense that it's, uh, it's okay to lean on other people, Okay. you know, and uh, you don't have to be, you don't have to be so strong all the time, you don't have to yeah. be this rock. So know? when you mean lean on people, were you leaning, like ha- having your yoga instructors assist you in those moments, were they also your mentors that guided you to actually become a licensed teacher so when I was in Thailand I was just teaching English so these weren't yoga people Um, okay one of them actually she she was really into yoga too but yeah so I ended up after that experience I backpacked Rome and um and Spain and then came back home and my boyfriend at the time he decided he wanted to move out here to Colorado okay and I decided I needed to go to South America. Mm. And so um, we separated, and I went to Durga's Tiger School of Yoga, Tantra, and Shamanism. Oh, cool. And where is that at in South America? That's in Ecuador. Ecuador. Oh, in Ecuador and Central. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's a really, really beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and that was, you know, it was life changing in so many ways. It was so, um, so full of exploration and okay. you know an expression of joy and deep despair for okay. for everybody and, um, yeah so how long was, was that class uh this was a 200 hour intensive so okay. i was in the school for a month and so it wasn't like actual physical basic yoga training you actually had to learn the concept of yoga throughout daily life because yoga isn't just a workout exercise right. it's every single day yeah. you have to contribute yourself into yoga how did you learn that in the 200-hour um, intensive? Because you said okay. it was despairing as well yeah. as... Yeah. Yeah. So we were probably practicing yoga, I'm going to say about five hours a day. Okay. Um, but there were also... There was yogic philosophy, yeah. and especially in terms of tantra. Mm-hmm. And so one, one thing I took away especially is to do all things with love and consciousness. Okay. And... Um, as far as the shamanism goes, tying that in with what we were doing too, there were all of these sort of explorations with these feelings that we don't typically um, 
they're just a little bit taboo, right? Okay. So in terms of jealousy, for example, that's something we're not supposed to exhibit. But we got to, you know, do this really, really silly exercise where someone stuffs a scarf in their pants and they pretend it's this gorgeous tail. <laughs> and uh, and someone, you know, and their partner is like, oh, I want that tail. That's a really nice tail. I really got, I got to have it. I'm so, I'm jealous. I, why can't I have that? I deserve that. And so we're kind of chasing after our partner trying to snag oh. the tail and wear it ourselves. And we get to flaunt it and you feel so high and mighty. And then your partner is taking it away from you again. <laughs> And so, I mean, just feelings like that where it's, you know, things that you don't typically want to admit uh, oh. that are that are very much an aspect of your humanness. It's like um, shadow work and yeah. then growing through it. Yeah, there was, okay. there was quite a bit of that. Um, and it, it was just such a beautiful, beautiful place. Nice. Um, yeah, everything that we were doing. I actually became more, um, kind of more in tune with my body, more flexible okay. in my body after one month. Yeah. in that school than I had ever been mm-hmm. in my nine years of gymnastics. Okay. So that was really, sh- really shocking to me yeah. was that, um, that my body really changed, you know, doing that, that five hour a day practice and, and mm-hmm. having meditation and being, being in nature. I think okay. that was a huge part of it too. Was it around the same time? Cause you're talking about the rainbow festival, the rainbow gathering, the rainbow yeah. gathering. Yeah. So mm-hmm. after I was in the yoga school, I went to the coast of Ecuador, to okay. Montanita, which is mm-hmm. a, a madhouse party town. Yeah. So it's kind of like going from heaven to hell, <laughs> which was, you know, beautiful in its own right. But I was there for a month and then mm-hmm. um, made my way south through Ecuador into Vilcabamba, where I found uh, my travel partner. And he and I decided, well, I had never heard of a, ga- a, a rainbow gathering until mm-hmm. I went to the yoga school. Yeah. And then when I found my travel partner, he was talking to me about rainbow gatherings. And then he goes, oh, well, what if there's one nearby? We should check it out, my friend. And so we look online, and there just happens to be a rainbow gathering happening mm-hmm. in uh, in Colombia. Okay. So we pretty much hitchhiked and bus hiked. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't. Mm-hmm. We were traveling without money, um, mm-hmm. and so we made our way north and found ourselves in Via Vicencio, uh, Colombia, and uh, ended up, you know. <laughs> One thing led to another, but essentially this man came up to us and he says, you're going to the rainbow gathering. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I know that you know that we're going to the rainbow gathering. And I'm not even, I'm not even concerned about how you know that anymore. I've just let that go because synchronicity just happens now. Mm-hmm. And let's go. You're obviously here to take us there. Yeah. And he was. <laughs> and so um, as soon as we arrived to... Um, to this gathering, it was after a pretty uh, pretty difficult hike, you know, and mm-hmm. I had a couple backpacks, and yeah. so did my travel partner, and uh, as soon as we arrived there, all of these people, oh, hello, hola, and just, yeah. you know, we're met with warmth and, and okay. food, and yeah. the bath is over here, and this oasis that's been abandoned, because yeah. uh, the bridge that led there broke, and okay. uh, unfortunately, several people were killed. Yeah. yeah, so the, the oasis was actually completely overgrown at this point. Okay. Um, but there were man-made pools in place mm. still, and uh, okay. still filled with water, and so that was the bath that okay. uh, fell from the waterfall, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, and it was uh, another beautiful time. How did yoga, after being in such a beautiful, heavenly place, go into the gathering, how did you incorporate that same balance of 
heavenliness and um, your teachings to the Rainbow Gathering I besides didn't. music. You didn't? I didn't at all. Okay. After I went to the yoga school, I wanted nothing to do with yoga. <laughs> and I don't know if it was because of how intense it was and okay. I was so immersed mm-hmm. that I found myself pulling away. Gotcha. And, uh, and my body, you know, I, I'm not sure what the disconnect was. Mm-hmm. And it just, it didn't seem like the right time or the right place for okay. me to continue the practice. Um, mm-hmm. Which is really interesting because, um, yeah, I didn't want to teach. I didn't want to practice. Mm-hmm. I was still incorporating the philosophies. And I think maybe I was kind of intellectualizing um, myself at that point rather than getting into my body and getting into my heart and okay. I you know just kind of the trappings of the mind and yeah the journey I was on my travel partner was actually one of the most eccentric and and beautifully minded people I've ever met yeah. the, the questions that he asks will will shake you and yeah. uh, and squeeze you and uh, and so I think traveling with him just put me in this uh, really crazy place I was also using um quite um with reckless abandon which I'm you know mm-hmm. I'm not proud of it but I was using a lot of plant medicines okay and so um we were taking San Pedro every day and okay. in our minds we were you know doing it ceremoniously but in, in reality yeah. in hindsight it certainly wasn't you okay. know as sacred um the use wasn't as sacred as it could have been I don't think Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, I think I was just so displaced in my own mind and kind of on the cusp of maybe to some degree insanity, um, okay. that I, you know, a yoga practice, there was no grounding for me. Mm-hmm. I was moving everywhere every day. We were constantly just en route to other mm-hmm. places. And so grounding, there wasn't, you know, it wasn't time for grounding. It was time for, for, for losing my mind and, uh, and that, I think it was something that I needed because I was looking for my pulse. Okay. That's ultimately why I went to South America. I felt Mm -hmm. like I wasn't alive anymore. I would become really numb and really, uh, yeah. If I wasn't numb, then I was sad or angry. Okay. And so. Did you ever regain that pulse when you came back to America? Ah, it took some time. (laughs) When I came back from South America, I had to recover because I Mm -hmm. was um, taking a lot of San Pedro and I was using ayahuasca and yopo and smoking tobacco for the first time Mm -hmm. and so when I came back I went through a phase of withdrawals that I had never experienced in my life and that was um that was insane for me too and so um about three or four months after coming back I was Mm -hmm. finally able to get a get a job and start functioning again so it took a lot of time just for my body to recalibrate and okay. for my, you know, I just, my system was so out of whack. Gotcha. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't mm-hmm. eating. I wasn't digesting well. Just my whole body, I completely threw you mm, off. It, yeah. Okay. I threw my body off and I think that I, you know, I was feeling very destructive and okay. I was, um, grieving ultimately, mm-hmm. you know, I think by numbing my own grief. So now we're getting back to what happened before yeah. <laughs> all these travels, but, um, yeah. being in such a state of grief that I, couldn't sustain the relationship that I was in and that's why I had to go to South America yeah Um, I was just grieving and uh, and attached to my suffering you know I wanted to participate in 
whatever circumstances I felt were disempowering to me and and I wanted to I wanted my helplessness because it meant that you know I didn't have to do anything because I I couldn't and so uh, Mm -hmm. yeah so I think it's been a a pretty wild ride moving into um yeah moving over here into Colorado Mm -hmm. this beautiful place and yeah uh, moving more deeply into myself again and Mm -hmm. doing it and sobriety yeah have you started doing yoga more often since you moved here yes officially yeah so I I do have a practice here um and I'm also I'm teaching here Mm -hmm. and uh and it's I'm really glad I'm doing it because it's it's something I look forward to yeah Yeah. it seems like you had to go through a lot of shadow work even after the class just to get into a sense of yourself being okay I'm ready to do this because I've definitely learned through yoga especially through Kyla and you um, so much growth happens but you need to deal with shadow work as well before you can have that growth so it seemed like you needed some time to get into the flow yeah it's interesting when I think about this growth and this shadow work and the work that has to be done it's Mm -hmm. like when I think of the growth I actually I'm seeing like flowers growing out of my head that's awesome (laughs) you know I'm like under my armpits and like Mm -hmm. out of my body and um and the shadow work is what's happening inside in the in the Mm -hmm. dirt of my soul you know and those seeds and those weeds and sort of uh you got to work the land. <laughs> it really grounds you whenever you yeah. think about all of the stuff you need to achieve and accomplish in order to raise yourself to that higher middle ground of um, spirituality and physicality of yeah. yourself. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, that's interesting, too, the idea mm-hmm. of achieving and accomplishing things to elevate oneself, but really it's the stripping away, right? That it's too, like yeah. stripping away of this identity or like, oh, if I like wear this outfit while I practice yoga, then I'm this kind of instructor. <laughs> like <at> leisure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know, on and off the mat and in, in mm-hmm. everything that I do and in every every day I'm, I'm thinking to myself how I can forgive and how I can let go yeah. of some of the pain that I've held on to and why I choose darkness over light. How long did it take you when you moved here to get started into officially teaching yoga? Not long. When I first moved here, that was um, March of 2017. Okay. 18. 18? What? I don't even know now. <laughs> no worries. You don't have to think about that. But um, I started off teaching belly dancing, actually. Okay. Yeah, so that's where my sort of creative aspect came into play first. Yeah. Um, where it was this... I'm, I've always been enchanted with movement, and so yeah. by doing the belly dance, I was kind of, um, yeah, just just finding other ways to be, mm-hmm. and it's something that I've always loved, and yeah. uh, I yeah. had amazing instructors back in Illinois, and so mm-hmm. I, there was a need for it here, I felt, and, uh, and then in September, uh, my first year of living here, I ended up heading over to the rec center and okay. applying, and spending a lot of time there anyway because I live in the camper (laughs) so that's my second home is the rec center where there are showers and hot tubs (laughs) yeah. Mm -hmm. and then when did you finally has it clicked yet knowing that your growth is changing from that disparity of guilt and grief and um, darkness since you've been here where yoga has helped you transition into becoming a teacher and transcending the way you feel when you do yoga to others or is that still a work in process today? Yeah, I think it's it's. I think I'll spend the rest of my life being vigilant about that, that mm-hmm. process. Um, for me, it's it's never felt like something that could happen overnight. Yeah. Um, it's taken a lot of 
for me, I, I was analyzing, you know, my situations a lot and trying to come to terms with them. And then, you know, stepping on the mat, I feel like I'm, I'm making peace with things in other ways. It's, it's like a one way sort of, for me, moving through yoga is like, it's just a one way ticket to bliss. I don't think about anything else when I'm doing Mm -hmm. yoga, but that doesn't mean that my problems are gone. You know, when I'm, when my practice is done, it's never done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, but I, I think for me in, in doing yoga is this, uh, experiencing divinity through physicality. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm finding, I'm finding my, my physical pain, you know, and where my body Mm -hmm. aches from, from years of gymnastics and, and strain and, you know injuries from accidents and things like that um where I can go to the center of my pain and spend time with it and show it compassion and attention yeah so for me I think um my experience of yoga I think what what happens off the mat is yoga philosophy and what Mm -hmm. happens on the mat is is a very very divine encounter with uh, uh with depth okay and what kind of, because there's so many types of yoga, like hatha, yin, vinyasa, uh, even meditation, um, what kind of yoga flow makes you feel that? Like when you're absolutely in it and it helps you click to create your day to become more enlightened rather than focused on, on something negative? Yeah. Uh, there isn't a flow in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to do things in accordance with, with the times of the month, you know, okay. whether it's a full moon mm-hmm. or a new moon or something like that is happening. I like to be aware of those things, but I also, um, for me, body awareness is just really important. So as I'm moving, it's it's not that I'm, try- I'm trying to hit this, you know, really difficult asana mm-hmm. or something like that. It's more so that I'm just moving slowly and taking my time and experiencing my body in mm-hmm. the present moment and uh and just kind of through creativity kind of twisting different ways and learning mm-hmm. what my limitations or boundaries might be um and how if I breathe a little bit more maybe yeah. I can move past that boundary uh where can I find buoyancy where am okay. I lifting and relaxing and, and sinking in and how is my breath guiding me into those spaces as well? So Nice. Okay. And so what kind of classes do you teach at the Silverthorne Rec Center specifically? Um, that's pretty much it. There's that's no plan. It. There's no plan. I it never, just happens. I try. I try mm-hmm. sometimes I do to plan something or um, especially if I am, if I'm interested in, um, yeah, other poses that, um, that I, you know, I think what's important is, bringing authenticity but also deeper exploration and creativity into Mm -hmm. the studio and so when I go to a yoga class and I'm doing the same thing that I do at every other yoga class Mm -hmm. that's great um Mm -hmm. but there's you know there's more Mm -hmm. there's always more and so I think when I'm looking for other ways to be creative then I'm like ooh, this is a really interesting pose that I just discovered and it's probably in some book somewhere that I haven't read just yet yeah Uh, but I want to write this down and and see what other people are feeling when they do this so how do you feel other people because I'm I'm a beginner in yoga I still like to to watch YouTube videos like yoga with Adrian me too and and I went to a summit hot yoga the other day and it was a very hard class for me because I haven't officially gotten to the flow of doing breath work and moving at the same time. I'm still working on breath work 
and yin yoga and meditation so I can transition myself. So it's more so just slow stretching for me. It's not fast vinyasa flow in a hot environment. So for me as a beginner, that was very hard to hear someone talking and not doing yoga. They're just walking around me. How do you normally teach? Do you teach through actual words and doing the actions? Or do you walk around the class and help people and actually touch them to align themselves? Um, and that's how you feel that you can tell that that certain pose worked well with another one right. and vice so versa. So I am speaking and practicing at the same time. Okay. And I like to offer lots of modifications because mm-hmm. uh, not... Like you said, not everybody is, is doing the same thing. Not everybody, you know, feels that posture, that pose in the same way. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, for me, I don't think that I am, uh, it's not my place to go adjusting people. I think that nobody knows their own body better than themselves. Yeah. And so, um, I think it's interesting if maybe I were to instruct people to, um, just push through their back heel a little bit more and notice how that changes their posture okay. or if they're sort of backing out of a posture in a way where they're not getting the full stretch, mm-hmm. then maybe I might um, offer a, a way to, uh, just for them to kind of find different ways to feel that pos- that pose. Okay. And so, um, yeah, I think that it's, uh, yeah, just offering modifications where I can. And honestly, I, and this is something that I, I'm, I'm curious about and why I do this, but I, uh, for me, it's such a meditative experience that I'm not always looking at everyone in the classroom. Mm. And as the, te- as the teacher, <laughs> you know, I, I don't necessarily feel like I'm there to teach people how to do yoga. I'm still learning how to do yoga. I'm yeah. just here to share an experience, to guide a class. Mm-hmm. And so for me, I don't think that, you know, it's, it's, it's not my place to, uh, to tell people how to do a pose perfectly because I don't believe that that exists. Okay. So, um, yeah, keeping things at a pace that people feel comfortable with as well mm-hmm. as um, activating certain muscles, you know. Yeah. I know that there's more to yoga than making it an aerobics class. Mm-hmm. Um, so finding finding strength, I think, is really important. You okay. Know, using, I think, ways of finding our own mobility and endurance and stamina, um, just making it as well-rounded as I can. Okay. And through, because you, you've done this for a long time, um, through your first class to now, have you ever had any moments where you had a lesson learned where you could change up your style a little bit differently? Exactly how you, you, how you spoke with how you feel people? Mm-hmm. Um, there have been times where I, oh, if I've ever injured myself, then I have challenged myself to okay. uh, to guide classes where I am not moving okay. and I'm just instructing through voice yeah. and giving verbal cues, which is really quite a challenge for me and it's something that I continue to work on because yeah. um, I really haven't been doing this a long time. I, my own practice I've been doing, I think, for probably six years now, Okay, but I've only been a certified instructor for... Uh, just over two years now and so um, for me I think the moment that I feel comfortable is the most dangerous place that I could ever be because that means I'm not learning I'm Mm -hmm. not growing I'm not reading I'm not Mm -hmm. 
I'm not even practicing really. Um, And not to say that the basics or the foundations of yoga aren't important, but I think if there's not a little bit of of moving past that that edge or discovering other comfort zones, um, then, you know, if I'm not doing that, then I'm certainly no teacher. I'm certainly, you know, just um, to my own self even, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think uh, finding different ways to approach yoga and helping other people approach their bodies Mm -hmm. with curiosity rather than like, oh, my neighbor can do this. Why can't I do that? Yeah. You know, so letting people know that's really important too is as soon as we start the class, um, I let people know this is your practice. So whatever you feel you Mm -hmm. have to do, whatever modifications you need to take, um, give that to yourself. Okay. Yeah, I think that's important. Nice. And how many classes do you do a week? Uh, At this point... I'm down to one. Down to one. Nice. <laughs> down to one, and okay. I'm and I'm glad it's a it's a slow time here in Summit. Yeah. So, um, but over the summer it was probably three or four, which is plenty for me. <laughs> yeah, that might be um, a little too much. They hit like seven or eight. Yeah. yeah, and and I think you know at that point that's when verbal cueing is necessary because you know if you're trying to do all of these classes, two classes a day. Mm-hmm every day or three classes a day every day and that works for a lot of people but I have felt overstretched before and so or stretched too thin and so it's interesting that that's a a metaphor for life and very literal too (laughs) absolutely because I've heard there's still a lot of injuries that could happen in yoga especially if you do a lot of handstands your wrists can hurt or if you do a lot of um, very high experienced moves you could injure your ankles or your waist like something could happen how can you help people practice on when they're ready to do a difficult move how how does that help yeah i think um so even in yoga philosophy ahimsa this law of non-violence you know uh is something that i that comes to mind with that question because Mm -hmm. often in in doing yoga we're we're we find ourselves forcing poses or um, competing with people next to us. And at that point we are not in our bodies anymore. We're not listening Mm -hmm. to ourselves anymore. We're in our egos at that point, trying to make a statement, you know, trying to to puff ourselves up. And so um, I remind people to back off if they feel pain. Uh, That's not therapeutic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, uh, yeah, with those injuries, I think a lot of it, can happen just through um, lack of awareness and because of well that's not as much an issue here but having a sedentary job mm-hmm. um, so yeah a lot of people are are working at desks but up here people make it a point to get outside and play yeah. and so um, but if I were back in Illinois teaching um, I think I would really definitely have to um, to help people I mean even sitting down and bending mm-hmm. you know a seated forward fold is like even for me, I'm still like, wow, what's going on in my body? But yeah. um, props, props are a huge, huge, mm-hmm. huge help. And uh, I think that sometimes people think they're cheating if they're oh. using props, you know, but it's like, no, you're, you're bringing the floor to meet you. <laughs> eventually you'll meet the floor yeah. without a prop, but in those moments you need that block. Yeah. To, and maybe, maybe, maybe. not. <laughs> yeah. Like for me, because I have such long legs and a, such a short torso, I think I'll always have to have a prop. Yeah. What kind of props do you use? Uh, well, if we're in the studio, then blankets mm-hmm. and blocks and straps. Okay. And uh, there are these inclines. They're like 
these foam inclines and so mm-hmm. those are really really helpful for wrists too mm-hmm. um but i mean if people are if we're at home and you have pillows and books and mm-hmm. couches okay. that's another option um so just kind of finding tools i mean chairs you know there's okay. there's props everywhere <laughs> yeah anything can help you stretch in a in a way that's actually beneficial rather mm-hmm. than something that promotes injuries so i've noticed whenever i go to a yoga yoga class um Every single time, especially in my beginning, because I started in 2010 doing yoga, very, very baseline, nothing super special. Um, but people would do yoga, they would do the, the beginning as a meditative state to get you into the flow, and then at the end, it'd help you calm down to come back into the real world, essentially. But people would never, they just got up and left. And I noticed that at Summit Hot Yoga, too, um, after nearly a decade of doing this, I did... I went to my one of my first classes, and people just got up and started leaving the moment that she said, let's all lay down and do a meditation. And it was very um, fascinating and disruptive <laughs> to see people, um, they had the choice of taking in the moment that they just experienced, because it was a great yoga class. And then just seeing people being like, okay, I have to go home, I have to do this, I have to do that, and not even taking away the yoga that they just inhibited upon themselves. How can you help, how do you help people in your class fully take in the moment of yoga isn't just in the 30 minutes of breath work and it's not an exercise, it is, but it's not just a workout, it's an everyday thing that you must take along with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting because I was, I was subbing and that, the class that I subbed was the first time that I ever had people get up and leave before Shavasana. And that really threw me off. I, I just couldn't wrap my mind around it. I was like, what is happening yeah. here? And um, and that's honestly, that's just something, I can't do anything about that because as much as I would like to say, if you're gonna come to class, please stay for the whole class. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's within my right because people have kids that they have to pick up, you know? So yeah. I think for me, it's like, first of all, I can't take it personally. Yeah. Uh, it's not to say that they didn't like my class. It's just that mm-hmm. they have to go. <laughs> I'm sure because you were, you said you were substituting that class. Mm-hmm. Their yoga teacher probably Maybe did a shavasana, but it wasn't what they experienced, and so it was an eye-opening thing for you because you people always stay for your shavasana because you set that example and that vibrancy to fully embrace that class and then hopefully take it whenever they leave. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we can say, I, you know, people leaving right before Shavasana is, uh, and I think, you know, with yoga, that's another thing because we're working on, uh, refraining from a distracted mind. Yeah. So, um, if people are leaving, then I think the first reaction is to go, oh, they're leaving. Uh, what did I do wrong? Or, um, well, why are they leaving? You know, or, and what, just, what's so important exactly. to not to and create I, a distracted mind. Yeah. And I'm giving yeah. some energy away to trying to figure out what could possibly be so important <laughs> yeah. that these people are leaving. But, um, you know, really that's not up to whoever is guiding the class. Mm-hmm. If people are going to go, then, uh, then we're holding space for that too. <laughs> nice. So, okay. Oh, yeah. So do you think uh, Shavasana is a very sacred thing as well as to why that's the good ending to yoga? Or is it kind of like just an everyday practice where it just helps you calm down before you go into... I think it is um, 
I think it is sacred. Mm-hmm. I think it wouldn't be there if it wasn't sacred. Yeah. Um, I mean, essentially, the practice of yoga was meant to prepare the body for meditation. Yeah. Not the other way around. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, if you can develop the strength and the fortitude um, to sit in one position or lie down mm-hmm. and, and have this sort of experience where you completely let go of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think people want to do that. They like the idea, but not mm-hmm. the reality because it means you sit with yourself and you be vulnerable to yourself and uh, okay. you start to, you know, what does it mean to relax the mind? That's one thing, but like to let go of the day, to let go of the week, to let go of your childhood, to let go of your identity to let go of everything your life has ever meant to you for five minutes, mm-hmm. you know, ideally an hour. <laughs> yeah. But uh, we don't get that kind of time um, yeah. in classes. So if, uh, if everybody's got, you know, a three-minute practice where they can mm-hmm. sit and meditate, and uh, a lot of the time it ends up becoming a practice of acceptance. I had a friend say that to me that, you know, he sits down and he knows that he's just going to have thought after thought. And maybe it's the belief that he's going to have thought after thought. Yeah. But uh, just knowing that, okay, well, I have all these thoughts running through my head and my mind is not being quiet. And maybe for that brief two seconds, I transcended. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm back again. And I just remembered that I have something cooking in the oven. <laughs> or I have to go run this errand. Or the bank's about to close. So I think yeah. um, we get really caught up in the sort of task-based existence that we sort of forget how to be still, how to disconnect, you know. Okay. And uh, and I think what that ultimately leads us to is this really strange detachment um, from our community, mm-hmm. from, our, from our sense of connection with the Divine Mother, with yeah. our roots. Um, and mm-hmm. so... We don't really know as well how to interact with people or within ourselves. And so that's why we're here, to know thyself and to ask these questions. And, you know, it's amazing. I, I feel like uh, learning how to ask the questions is part of the part of the experience, you know. And, and that's why you do yoga and guide people into that. Yeah. So they can experience the same thing you're experiencing every day through it. Mm-hmm. Or find their own experience. That too. Yeah, yeah. You never know what, what people are dealing with. They could be on a huge high, mm-hmm. but they will have to have yoga mm-hmm. <laughs> to calm them down or, yeah. or vice versa. They're at a low low, but yoga helps them get through the day. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Mm-hmm. It's true. The benefits are endless. I mean, you know, anxiety mm-hmm. is, is one thing that we're all dealing with, stress, um, yeah. but also digestive issues or... Um, yeah, back pain. I mean, it's just everything that hurts and aches and yeah. the whole experience of being human. We can pretty much take a trip through it just by stepping onto the mat for an hour and a half. Yeah. Um, Has yoga helped your um, anxiety if you've had any or any um, moments of not having clarity? Um... I'll say yes, absolutely. <laughs> what was the most prominent one where you realized, oh shit, okay, I feel a lot better now than I ever have before because I'm doing this practice? Um, probably it was either the first, the first practice was my aha, aha moment. There was some, I can't remember even what the, it was like one of those... 
channels or something. On, I don't have a TV and I haven't had one for years. So I don't <laughs> remember. It was, oh, on demand. Oh, that's on what demand. it was. It was like an on demand Gaia production or something like that, maybe. But there was this um, lovely woman and she was just moving so slowly and the things that we were doing I mean it wasn't a flow by any means there was no sun salutation or anything like that Mm -hmm. it was uh really just kind of 60 percent of a kind of exertion okay and so by doing that it was the first time that in a long time that I had kind of or maybe ever really that I had felt my body um be soothed by my movement And so for me, I think, and this, I think this was happening at a time where I was meditating more than I was practicing yoga. So Mm -hmm. for me with meditation, I mean, I could just, I could just get blessed out like that. You know, it wasn't difficult for me to access that realm, but when it came to putting it in my body, it was like, I don't know how to make this connection. (laughs) I'm moving. And yet, um, and so now I think. Um, with that that practice that that one really stays with me because that was the first time that I had ever felt true alignment where my my mind was blissed out and my body was uh, I was blissed out in my own body I was very much alive and present and uh, really experiencing profound yogic transformational presence with me through the through the class and was that before or after you went to the um, school that was before before in Illinois mm-hmm. in my mom's living room that's awesome. <laughs> yeah that's amazing it was a very comforting environment because you knew the mm-hmm. area and you know what's going on but it yeah. was just that aha moment it really was that's yeah. awesome yeah it was oh, a beautiful yeah. time mm-hmm. well I I have no more questions I think you answered all my <laughs> questions which I think is awesome um what's like the one thing to this will be the last one, I promise. <laughs> like, what's the one thing for people who are beginners at yoga and they're intimidated by experienced yogis like yourself? Um, what's the one thing you can give them advice to have them to just go to a class or do it at home? Mm. You know, I think, I know technology sometimes gets a bad rap, but, you know, my journey started at home in mm-hmm. a safe space. You know, and uh, and I think that's kind of what it's coming to now because you may walk into a class and though it says gentle yoga, you are like breathing, like your heart's about to explode, and you're like, wait, I thought this was gentle. (laughs) And so I think it's one of those things where you kind of have to get in where you fit in. So finding instructors online that you even like, um, there are great teachers on YouTube. Allie, the Journey Junkie, she's probably. I think she's my favorite so far. Nice. I had um, a look into her. I didn't even yeah. know she was a YouTuber. Yeah, nice. but okay. Yoga with Adrienne, she's also really wonderful. Yoga with Adrienne, yeah. Yeah, and so um, I think starting in a place where, you know, it depends on what ails you as well. If you're like, wow, my, mm-hmm. you know, my, my shoulder is really hurting me. What should I do? You know, it's not all about yoga, but finding um, finding different ways of, like, exploring your shoulder. I mean, taking a little bit of an anatomy and physiology and trying to understand that network, as well as taking some, some yoga class online, as well as um, doing some sort of calisthenics or, you know, a little bit adding some weight. And so um, just researching, I think, the body is a good place to start um, and, and learning about 
what it means to to be inside of a body mm-hmm. and how to care for your vessel. Um, okay. So starting from from very humble beginnings with lots of curiosity, like, well, what is this mechanism? How does this work? Yeah. Um, I think that is kind of where I started. It's okay. just kind of how to develop that connection is to kind of start small. Start. Mm-hmm. Just start. Just go. Just do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for letting me interview you. I'm really excited for the next interview we have on whether it's a more in-depth spiritual mm-hmm. concept of yoga or physical, but I'm excited. It'll well, be great. thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you would like to see more stuff, feel free to visit www.theexemplarist.com. Please donate to our Patreon. Your donation helps us create better quality content for future posts. And if you have a topic that you have not heard on the Muse yet, feel free to email us. Everything that I have just described is linked down below, so feel free to check it out.